Hello? Hello? What's up, buddy? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I can hear you good too, brother. Good, you finally made it on. The, the app didn't work. I, I Now I opened it through Safari and it worked just fine. Oh, that's weird. Super weird. Well, welcome on, man. This is Olympia. Yeah, brother. It's uh, Friday, November 20th at 3 p.m. Uh, on the East Coast here. We're both on the East Coast. Uh, this is your host, Shane Klein, founder of Olympias and uh, Ponte Crater Worldwide, Ponte Crater. And um, this is, I got my uh, vice president as guest on the on the show today, Dax Manuel. Welcome. Thank you for having me, brother. Well, I'm glad to finally catch up with you. I know we've, uh, you know, we've both been really busy and, you know, everybody's got stuff going on. Of course, with this COVID thing, it's, uh, you know, really throwing everybody into a tailspin. But um, what you been up to? Man, I've been doing really good. Tomorrow, I got a uh, seminar in Ontario, Canada. My first time up there. And, uh, but uh, I've just been training a lot. And uh, teaching a lot, trying to stay busy. It seems like we're going to, uh, you know, into another lockdown. So this might be my last, um, you know, activity like this that I could do for, you know, until the end of the, the next lockdown we're going into. So I'm going to try to cherish it. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, that's cool that you're going to be uh, up in Ontario. Um, now you said something about, uh, I think you'd mentioned something about David Tice. Uh, what's his name? Yes. He's teaching. Uh, so he's grappling. He's, uh, trained, you know, Sambo, BJJ, judo. Um, he started out actually in the classical Japanese jujitsu judo, and he's trained some catch wrestling, some Sambo. Now he trained under uh, Paulson, right? I, I think he's trained under. Yeah. Yeah. He's certified under Paulson, under. Gokor, Kavichian, under uh, um, several guys, and um, uh, oh, under Ken Penland is, is the other guy. <clears throat> He's a black belt under Ken Penland, and um, he also trained with uh, Larry Hartzell and them. So he's going to be teaching. I'm going to teach a couple of grappling moves and stuff like that. Also disarms uh, on the ground, ground fighting with weapons and stuff like that. But I'm also teaching you know, Filipino fencing and, and French fencing and stuff like that. So it's kind of a mix seminar. And they invited me up there after watching some of my videos and stuff. That's so, terrific, man. I bet you're stoked about it. You know, I'm very you, stoked. Anytime very you stoked. get a chance to do something like that, uh, you know, I'm sure it's uh, really exciting. I, I always enjoy teaching too. And, um, you know, anytime I get somebody to, uh, you know, that's interested, of course, that's, you know, it's, it's just awesome. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's not just like, you know, technique, you know. It's not like, oh, okay, I'm teaching somebody how to fight. You know, and we're, we're uh, we had talked a little bit about this earlier. You know, you're bringing in a, a, a culture, a, a, a tradition, a, a history, you know what I mean? And, and you know, you're, you're trying to uh, uh, present you know, a context and, you know, it's so important. Some people don't care about the history, 
but when you learn about why these moves were invented, how these things came to be and who it came from, to me, it just makes it more interesting and more fascinating. Oh, sure, man. I mean, um, you know, I've always been really appreciative of the history and, you know, the contributors, people who have, you know, contributed to, uh, you know, to martial arts through, uh, throughout the ages. So, you know, and what's, you know, what's their, you know, what was their take? What, uh, what did they bring to the table? And of course, everybody's just really just contributors and, uh, one big story. Yes. It's one big story. Exactly. You know, and, and, you know, even, you know, they say that martial arts has evolved a lot, you know, in the last however many years because of UFC and all stuff. And, uh, and even though that, that that's partially true, I think I think within our eyes, but you also go back in history and you research and you realize, wait, at the same time, th- there's not much new that's under the sun. It's it's almost like we're rediscovering things. Yeah, it's almost like uh, new new generations just have uh, you know these revelations that you find out really aren't. Uh, all that new. I mean, and there were generations before us that, you know, I mean, it, what's so interesting is when you look at a lot of the, the catch as catch can guys uh, around the turn of the century, I mean, these guys were mixing things up, dabbling, taking things from other stuff. A lot of them were what they called uh, um, compound. Uh, you know what I mean? They, they, was that the right, right term compound guy? They were like, uh, um, they would basically mix boxing and wrestling and they were called compound men. Yes. Um, so, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, it's not like it's uh, never been done before. I mean, Bruce Lee comes along, really popularizes a lot of, a lot of the idea, um, especially within the, the Asian community because they were so, uh, you know, really strict about who should be learning and, you know, and, oh, this style shouldn't really. But, you know, it's so funny, too. It, they they were okay with mixing stuff themselves. They just didn't want foreigners really learning. There was really that whole. But, uh, you know, you had different styles of kung fu mixing with, with other systems and styles. So, you know, it's not like, not like, you know, people weren't mixing things all throughout the ages. It's always kind of been. No, you're you're absolutely right. I think that. I mean, when uh, you think about mixed martial arts, what's the difference between you know uh, different kung fu systems mixing and and uh, you know and then blending and different you know you learn different um, kung fu systems. Oh yeah, yeah. There's always been mixing going on. I think back in the day, there was a little bit more sense of uh, you know tribalism yeah. and kind of like fear and like. Just the mentality that well, we need these martial arts to survive, and we might need to go to war, and and you know we don't want the enemy knowing our stuff type thing, and you know that was a mentality, and that's that's a valid concern. Yeah, and it's understandable, you know I mean? sure, absolutely, you know. I... But uh, but nowadays there seems to be less fear, and um, less of this, you know using at least martial arts and, and, you know, traditional weaponry and stuff. But we get 
competition and, and we get, you know, different, different, you know, specializations and stuff like that. And that's cool. You know what I mean? You know, I think there was kind and of a disconnect too somewhere. I mean, it's always kind of fascinating to, you know, think about this stuff too, but also, you know, kind of reflect and, and maybe even do some digging. But, um, you know, there's somewhat of a disconnect, you know, because my goodness, you know, um, you, you talk around the turn of the century, uh, grappling was pretty well known to be, I mean, maybe not mainstream amongst, but, you know, amongst, um, you know, tough guys and, and brawlers and fighters, uh, you know, that were in the combat arena, they, you know, grappling was, you know, wrestling was, uh, you know, it was known that it was effective and it was very revered and, and in many cases feared. Um, but then for some oh, yeah. reason there was a disconnect and we had to kind of rediscover the effectiveness of grappling. It was, uh, just, it's just weird because when the UFC come along, um, you know, a lot of people had preconceived ideas about things that might work or, you know, were, you know, you just, you, you know, how are you going to beat somebody that, you know, um, can kick like this or, uh, you know, that is such an incredible striker. And, um, yeah, right. but people found out that the grappling or refound out that grappling was, uh, <clears throat> you know, extremely important. So it's just funny, you know, when you, when you have these conversations, cause it's like people do, uh, they, it's more like a rediscovery. Yeah, yeah, we're we're rediscovering, and you know, part of that that website, the the website group that I created, the the Hema Grapplers. You know, we we kind of see that that there's a, you know, rediscovery of a lot of these techniques, and people did realize that grappling is essential, and and you know, even in war, when you relied more on weaponry and stuff like that, well, you know, you're not going to be punching and kicking as much. If you're in war and you got, you know, you're holding a spear, right? Because you're holding a freaking spear. But the second you guys cross paths and, and those spears don't make it or those swords don't make contact and now you're in an up and close range, well, guess what? Now you got to know how to grapple, you know, and, and they knew ground fighting. They knew how to get up from the ground. It wasn't a, a, as maybe complex as the Nawaza that we see today. But it was definitely important and it was definitely known that he who is the better grappler is going to end up the victor and, you know, pin you down and maybe take out a dagger and stab you. you yeah, and you mean? definitely don't want to end up on bottom, you know, exactly. when and that's the whole, uh, you know, this is where this whole idea that you can play this bottom game. Well, it's fine in sport. But you don't really want to be doing that in, in, a, in a real war situation. You don't want to be down underneath, uh, you know, and so it's just, um, you know, like I said, it works good for sports, just butt scooting and all the stuff that's going on. Um, you know, it works good within the confines of, of that rules, of, you know, of the rule set. But, yeah, you, you, know, you ain't going to see guys dropping down like that in, in war, in wartime. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know, th there's an interesting uh, video. Um, I think now there's a couple videos on the first Groundmaster 
the guy who's highly considered as the first ground master um, in Japan. Okay. And this guy was called Tanabe. Yeah, he was, uh, that was in judo, right? It's, it's, it has, it's, it's part of judo's history. Well, yeah, it, it is, it is. Yep. But this guy was originally in a, um, he came from a school called Fusen Ryu Jiu-Jitsu, right? And, and, and they were, you know, once again, like classical Jiu-Jitsu, they were kind of a mix, you know? They had, you know, some weapons disarms, some striking, some takedowns and stuff like that. But Tanabe was, um, he was, now listen to the story. The story gets very interesting because you're hearing, when you hear this story, you're hearing a, another famous figure. Tanabe was a, a rather weak man who wasn't as good at throwing. So when he get taken down, he would continue. You know what I mean? And um, he realized, you know, especially compared to the judo guys who were really good at throws, um, what he would do is he would grab your gi and he would go for what uh, what is called a sacrifice throw, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And if, if that didn't work, right, then he would he would go straight into a leg lock. Right? You know, it's it's uh, a smart tactic if you're not yes. if 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 throwing isn't your forte, and you know you have found uh, a way to you know a skill in being able to uh, within that rule set, you know work yourself into, uh, you know, winning. I mean, you really can't fault the guy. I mean, it, like I said, yeah, but, and, but again, and, we're talking about, you know, sort of sport here where, you know, right, right. A, a lot of this technique relies on, um, you know, the, the gi, you know, you're holding onto the gi, you're trying to throw the guy. And then if that doesn't work, okay, now you can go, he would go into a leg lock and he actually broke, uh, combat, uh, combators leg that was in uh, the Kodokan Judo and they were like oh my god we gotta out, uh, uh, ban leg locks and stuff oh, and that's why that's why the leg lock game in Japan didn't flourish yeah much. it didn't didn't, uh, didn't develop and evolve you know and I'm sure there wasn't really uh, I assume there probably wasn't a lot of I mean they probably didn't strike either so you know you're kind of again you know when you you take the striking away and the weaponry away. Yeah. You know, you can play like this. Yeah, exactly. But once you start adding weapons or strikes, I think, quite frankly, this, this Rosenweig dude, um, who's, you know, the current, you know, champion of their, uh, their organization or whatever, he, he's very good at what he does. He's got a good little game plan going and, and he's very tactical, and, and he's made, and he's making it work really well for himself. Uh, but again, this is within that type of rule set where he doesn't have to worry about getting uh, struck at all. Um, exactly. You know what I mean? And there's no weapons involved. Uh, but if you if you changed either one of those two elements, you would see a completely different scenario. Um, and I'm not saying he couldn't do well in MMA either, but uh, you're gonna. He probably wouldn't be as likely to, you know, be uh, pulling guard and, and scooting like that. Um, yeah, the, the, I think the only way that that would really work good is if you get um, 
you know, you get knocked out and you're, you know, you slip for some reason. Then the guy comes over you and starts striking. Okay, now you can roll into a leg lock. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're already there. You're already there. It's always been my thing. It's always been my thing and uh, my mentality as a, as a as a guy who's you know loves catch catches catch can and grappling has always been that if I end up there, then go for it. Right. I mean, because you're already there, so you know, rather than you know having the mentality that I I got to get back to my feet, I got to get back to my feet. Well, you know that that's not necessarily bad, but uh, in that scenario, I mean, if you can if you can score a leg lock and end the match, you know what I mean. Um, and this this is where specialization starts ruining things, and that's what. That's why I love so much about our, organi- our organization. It, it brings back, it's bringing it back to the authentic combat. Because okay, if you take out strikes, and um, you know you make it that the that the guy standing has to engage the guy who's butt scooting, right? Well, now you have a specialization. You know, there's it, it's only ground fighting, and, and I love BJJ. I've trained it. You know, you know I've trained it. But it, that right now the butt scooters are doing very well. And, you know, like I said, if you get knocked out in MMA and you end up in that position, yes, go for it. But in a real street fighting scenario or in an MMA scenario, especially if they allow head kicks, you know, stomps and stuff like that, that's not where you want to be. In well, I would MMA. say I would go so far as to say that butt scooting has been proven effective in under the rule set. You know, grappling when it's just strictly grappling. Um, just you exactly. know, they, they, and those guys have, and it's not really so much. It's that they're using their hips to elevate guys to swing for let you know to get in position for leg locks, and of course they're highly trained in leg locks. So you know, right. this, again, this tactic is it's working in that within that rule set it, it seems to be working yes. pretty well and it seems until that riddle is solved and it will be solved no doubt correct it'll be solved correct. and uh that'll be negated and then they're gonna have to you know again this but this happens this this happens within the game of uh grappling as uh you know people you know get used to it they they get accustomed to it and uh they develop game plans to counter but we don't see what we don't see. We don't see butt scooting in this, you know, falling down. And we don't see this working well in MMA. Um, we don't see this flourishing in MMA. And I think there's a reason for that. It goes back to what yeah, you, were, I think, you were saying. I think there, there, there's only one, um, one uh, evidence of that it was Ryan Hall when he, when he I think he did an uh, Imanari role. Uh, to get BJ Penn. Yeah, and you but, know what, though? That Imanari role, it's, it's you know, it looks cool. It's flashy, you know, and some guys are, you know, they just have the the talent. They've got the uh, the agility. Uh, you know, they, they've just got that raw. They have that, okay? Mm-hmm. But that's not something that everybody has. You're not going to see, uh, you know, this as a, a common thing. Um, no, no. But you have seen it a couple times, and you know, and and guys have got caught in it, right. um, and I think very unexpectedly too, because the last thing you're thinking is some guy's gonna pull something like that, and you know, end up underneath you and have a leg. Uh, 
you know, it's a, it's a cunning tactic. Uh, but I think I I think um, if you screw that off, right. that's my thing. Yeah. I mean, I hey, hats off to it if you can pull it off. But if you screw that up, you're you're going to get your head stomped in. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of guys when they get caught in the leg lock game, and this is something I learned, you know, uh, er, earlier this year. And even me, you know, I, I, you, you have right when you get caught in it, you, you want to twist out of it, right? Where probably the best, arguably, uh, thing to do is instead of trying to twist out of it, which, which is what BJ Penn did, and, you know, you might even twist the wrong way, you know, um, is to fight the grips. If the guys can't grab your ankle and twist it, then... It doesn't matter. You know, you, know, you bring up something so important, and this is uh, hand fighting and wrestling. Uh, yeah, anytime that you can exactly. break the grip, uh, and that's really it. You know, we talked uh, when it comes to choking. I mean, the first thing you do is protect the choke. And, uh, and by doing that, you're attacking, you know, the initial where the initial pressure is. But then after that, you're working to, to break that man's grip. You're trying to get the grip loosened so you can, you know, escape. And, uh, you know, you're not fumbling around trying other stuff. You know, you're focusing on the matter at hand. So what you're pointing out is, is that, you know, you've got to train yourself to not panic. Yes. It's easy to panic and tense up and try to turn. But in all reality, if you were to train yourself to remain calm and attack, go right for attacking what you need to, which is the grip, because they don't have anything without a grip. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you, you, you bring up a, a very valid point. And that goes back to the beauty of uh, wrestling and judo, which is so big on, on grips and stuff and breaking grips. And yeah, that, 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 that's um, super important. And, and secondly, I want to give credit because I believe Ryan set it up very well in that. I think he, he went, he did a leg kick right first to BJ Penn and that kind of stunned him. And then he kind of motioned, he kind of fainted like he was going to do a second leg kick and, and BJ Penn kind of lifted his, his leg or turned it to defend against the kick. But instead he went for the Minari role. And, and even, you know, uh, guys like Danaher says, it's like, it's not just the jujitsu in reality. You need the strikes to set up your, 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 you know what I mean? Your takedown, yeah. you know, and, and some, some, even mastering the basics of boxing and, and kicking will get you a long way in setting up your grappling. Well, now this kind of, you know, is, it's, in, it's indicative of what we're basically all about. I mean, because yes. when you, when you start, uh, you know, bringing all elements of, of combat in. Okay. So, you know, and right now we're discussing unarmed combat, but when you start talking about, you know, um, all, you know, all your powers, you know, all your, you know, your entire arsenal, all your, um, you know, your, your kicks, your strike, you know, your everything, you know, and um, the grappling, you know, cause like, look, look, Lathway is, is a very, you know, it's a brutal sport. It's exciting to watch. I mean, I enjoy watching. Yeah. Um, 
but then I get frustrated because I see that, you know, that this is just, uh, it's a, it's like a one dimensional, uh, you know, it doesn't, um, it doesn't allow for the grappling. I mean, you can clinch and strike, but, uh, you know, there's no ground fighting in, in Lathway. So, uh, that, that's where I, you know, that's where they lose me because it's like, well, it's still not complete. Yes. Um, and then of course, bare knuckle, I can appreciate the, 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 the rawness of it. Right. You know, I, but for some reason, it's kind of like boxing to me. I never got, now everybody's different, but I'm just speaking for myself. I never got big into boxing. Um, I mean, just as passionate about it, like, you know, I've got to watch every fight and I've got to follow this and it just never did it for me. Um, and I'm kind of there with, with the, with the bare knuckle boxing. It's like, it's still boxing to me. It's still, uh, so one dimensional. I mean, granted it's cool because it's raw. Right. I can appreciate that. I I can watch a couple fights and really like, Ooh, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but as far as following the sport, I just can't get into it. I, um, and it's probably why, because, you know, I'm looking for, and I'm sure there's a lot of guys like me that are looking for, uh, you know, what we, what got me excited was the early UFCs and Valley Tudo and, and Pan Crace where, you know, you had the grappling and striking and, and, uh, you know, and it was just wide open. I loved it. That's yes. why I fell in love with MMA, no holds barred in the beginning, because I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, this was come. This was me coming from a martial arts perspective of with with, you know, so much interest in Jeet Kune Do and Bruce Lee and what was, you know, what was his whole mindset. Correct. I was like, this is just Jeet Kune Do in motion for me. Yes, Exactly. Um, you know, I, I, I think that with our organization, people are going to get that because I feel just like you, a lot of people are missing that, the rawness, you know, and. Well, we see that too, because look at how much, um, Lathway and bare knuckle, uh, boxing and, uh, even Genesis, that, that, uh, organization where, um, Josh Barnett and that, that, uh, guy from Poland. Um, just had a, a fight and they were, you know, they were allowed to throw elbows right uh, in the clinch. Dude, people are hungry for this. This is exploding. People love this rawness. So we second. know we're on to something. You know, we know that we're, we're on the right, we're on the right path. Yes. Yes. People want to see what it would be like without the, the, the specialty because, you know, as Bruce Lee says, you know, with, with the rules and, and, and more specializations and stuff like that, you kind of blur uh, the, 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 the lines of combat. And, and, and you know, j- judo was once a, 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 a great thing as well. You know, uh, e- e- even with Japanese jiu-jitsu, you know, you had a bit of everything. You know what yeah. I mean? And yep. from there, it got specialized. Okay, let's separate into judo. Let's separate into aikido. Let's separate into BJJ, and you know, um, but yeah, like you said, they start going into specialized compartments. Yeah, compartment, you know, compartmentalizing, um, you know, categorizing. You know, it's like they, um, but yeah, they start uh, going into a special, a specialty of it. 
um, it's like a specialized version yes. uh, of something that, you know, that its predecessor was more complete. Exactly. And so we have something here where we're getting, you know, we're, we're basically, we're getting back to that completeness, that totality of combat uh, that's raw. Um, you know, I mean, pure and raw has that aspect. It's, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're fighting in every range of combat. Um, and then of course we've taken it to a whole, a whole other level with, you know, the fact that we're, you know, really honoring, uh, you know, the first people that can actually be accredited with, you know, mixing stuff up, actually saying, Hey, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's take the wrestling and the, you know, the striking and bring it together under a rule set and, uh, make a sport out of it. And, uh, you know, and that was Greek with Greek pancreation. That's what they did. And, uh, so we're kind of, you know, we're, we're giving a wink to that. Exactly. We're, we're honoring, you know, we're honoring that we're not trying to step on anybody's toes because, you know, Unfortunately, uh, Pancration chose to, you know, the people that are in charge, of, the people that have, you know, taken up the, 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 the banner of Pancration, for the most part, have chose a different route than it, you know, than the, the, uh, the original, you know, the original version. Um, so it's become more, more of a, uh, how do I want to put it? watered down uh you know more nurtured version you know it's not as wild uh as what was and so we're kind of paying homage to you know what was what what was pure and raw and frankly brutal absolutely and and you know it, it's in our nature that- uh, i know what word i was looking for tame it's a tamed Yes. You know, modern pancreation is a tamed down version and we're not looking for tame. Um, we're looking for, uh, you know, um, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we don't want anybody dying, we're not looking to, uh, you know, have deaths fight to the death type of thing. But, um, we want us, we want to get as close as we can to a pure combat, you know, that rawness, that pure purity and, uh, and, and have something complete that, you know, People aren't like, well, that's cool, but, you know, you, you're not grappling. Or that's cool, but, you know, you're not striking. And, you know, we, we, we took a, a poll, you know, just, uh, what was it, about two months ago on the he- Hemograppers Forum. And, you know, I wrote, you know, who would like to see, you know, bare knuckle mixed with this, you know, possibly throwing weapons in there. You know what I mean? Allow for grappling, and and just everybody was was just on board with it. You know what I mean? Um, like you said, you know the main concern is 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 the fighters' health, and and you know, but really, you know, you take often with the specializations, you get more injuries. For example, with bare knuckle boxing, you're gonna get a lot of broken hands. Uh, if you're just doing BJJ, you're gonna get you know a lot of knee surgeries, you know, a lot of shoulder surgeries, you know what I mean? So 
by by us offering you know a, a whole the, the entire variety uh, uh, spectrum of fighting, people can actually uh, uh, protect themselves even better. We could we could argue. Well, I'll tell you when you when you're uh, when you can when you consider boxing, okay, whether it be box you know whether it be glove boxing or bare knuckle, uh, and even lathwood, okay. Um, where these, you know, these striking sports and, uh, you know, they would all fall under that category. When you take these sports, um, these are far more dangerous than, you know, than, than the grappling, than the grappling sports. Yeah. Primarily because, I mean, what other options do you have? You know, you're, uh, you know, you're going to take an awful lot of head shots, but even body shots. Um, but striking, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a violent sport. And, you know, there's going to be injuries. And uh, anytime you can strike to the head, people are going to. And so the head takes an awful lot of punishment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so, but by adding in the element of the, you know, the clinching and the grappling and the takedowns, um, you know, it just makes it a safer sport just, you know, by default um, because you have other options. Uh and I'd much rather have a guy, you know, grabbing onto me and uh, working for grip and trying to you know, maybe go for a leg or an arm um, than, you know, him, you know, throwing a haymaker or, a, you know, a, a kick towards my head. Well, you know, even with, um, you know, when we talked about that with the human grapplers and we brought in, you know, a possibility of weapons, people were like, oh, you know, but what if, you know, somebody gets hit? you know, or, you know, breaks a, breaks a bone or, or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, but e even taking it back to like the dog brothers um, who didn't have much protection, but they've had very few injuries. And a big thing that changes dog brothers from other styles of fencing is that they allowed for grappling. You know what I mean? So, you know, you could enter into a, a, somebody swinging at your head yeah, they don't have that. They just have, you know, minimal protection, but they can block and come in and, you know, perhaps get a judo throw and, and you know, choke the guy out on the bottom. You know what I mean? So once again, yeah. options are, are really, you know, having the completeness of combat um, in a way really um, allows the fighters to um, protect themselves in, in, in a whole new series of ways. Well, you know, what you just said makes so much sense because, like, if, uh, you know, if somebody's swinging on me, um, it allows me to clinch and, uh, you know, get around behind them and take them down or, you know, there's there's options. Yeah. Just like you said, there's options um, where I'm not stuck within uh, a, a, the confines of a rule set that are not allowing me to do that. Where now, you know, I don't have the options. And, uh, you know, now my head's just getting pulverized. Um, but, you know, it is combat. And, uh, you know, we're just looking for a complete expression of it uh, and, and taking it back to and, – and, you know, it's not like we're um, necessarily inventing. I mean, uh, we may have some uniqueness in the way that we've structured, you know, our rules and our weight classes and our fight space and, you know, everything. When you, when you put it all together, yes, it's, 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 it's never been done before in this expression of it. 
but uh you know as far as like in its simplest you know understanding yeah i mean no holds barred uh the early days uh, you know of ufc and valley tudo th- this was uh this was done and nobody got uh there weren't anybody there weren't it wasn't like people were you know uh, getting killed right. was it wasn't like you had yeah you really con- i mean to to look back um there were not nearly as many injuries and 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 people getting hurt as it wasn't any more prevalent than it is today. Mm-hmm. Really, um, you know, I mean, I watched guys a couple fights where there was, you know, just just constant headbutts, and uh, you know, nobody nobody ended up, you know, maimed or, or killed or, uh, you know, it was like they lived to fight another day. Right. I mean, it was just it's just uh, you know it was just combat, but uh, you know, but the. It, a lot of times, like Tim said, you know, um, it's just the ideas, it's ideas that people, uh, that are in their minds that, uh, have a lot to do with, um, reg- you know, what, what has come down as far as regulations, um, you know, because they just see something in their mind being, you know, their, their, their perception is actually skewed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, so yeah, we, what we what we are putting together is is extremely unique, and uh, I know it would be well received because look at the reason that uh, we have a UFC today. You know, the reason we have MMA today is because of the interest uh, that was so quickly garnered in the beginning of uh, in the early days. I mean, it exploded. People were you know, just blown away. I mean, they, I mean, look at you guys like me. I mean, I, I, I fell in love with it. I got excited when I saw, uh, you know, what it was. Right. And, you know, I c- continued to follow because, um, because I love combat, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm yearning. There's a whole reason why, you know, I've, I've applied myself to this work because I'm yearning for, uh, to, to get back to what we, what we once had. Yeah. And, and there's no reason we can't have it. There's no reason. And, and for those um, listening, you know, we, we are getting really close to uh, to our goals of, of even the first event. Um, you know, we, we are very close to uh, to pr- probably by sometime next year um, to having everything ready. And we want the expression to be as true as possible and we're taking our time because we want to do it right you know um but we have a loyal uh following thus far that um if it continues to grow especially from the things the polls we've taken and uh you know the groups that we have um on facebook and social media this is gonna completely explode by by next year uh, we feel very confident that we'll be able to get our first event. What you have is you have a an industry that is fragmented. Okay, if you just put everything under the umbrella of of, of sports combat or you know combat sports, um, every, everything is as you said it's specialized into compartments. Okay, so you have um, you know you have bare knuckle, and you have um, but everything is like it's off in its own little special category. Um, 
And what we're looking to do is take the best elements of all of those and, uh, and bring it back under, um, you know, the umbrella of Pontecrator, but basically not just, um, you know, but, but actually have a complete expression, something that is more complete, still with rules, uh, but, you know, that is not so fragmented. Yes. Um, and that, of course, you know, then again, uh, is, you know, we're, we're going with the Greek theme, which uh, pays homage to where basically uh, everything came from. Um, you know, we, we owe the Greeks so much. They were such an incredible, uh, uh, incredible people and culture, and they contributed so much. I mean, Rome wouldn't have become what it did without the, the Greeks. Um, you know, so much Greek culture was just, you know, blended into to Roman culture. And, and, and that's so important and, uh, in that I think, you know, one thing about martial arts that got lost in MMA is uh, history and tradition and lineages and, um, you know, Back then, it was very, you know, even still now in Japan, when you go to a Kosen Judo place, you know, the, the black belts are there early. They're, they're sweeping up the floors. They're, you know, they're, they're paying homage. To, you know, they bow before the mat. And, and you know, for those that don't know, when you bow before the mat, that, that it's just a respect for all the people who've put in blood, sweat, and tears into that mat, learning and getting choked and getting their arm wrenched and knees you know, twisted and stuff like that. And um, we, we see now, you know, with, with the resurgence of, you know, people are, are getting back now into um, looking at the history of, uh, you know, the Greeks and the Japanese, the, the ancient samurais. And, and uh, we realize that this stuff has been around so long. And, uh, you know, we know through the, even the Hemographers Forum people, uh, have tried uh, to express the uh, pancreation in, in many different ways, but not quite like, like, like how we're doing. And there's a hunger for that. Uh, you know, I think MMA is, is great in proving what works and what doesn't. And that's, that's great, you know, because, you know, there was a time I was practicing certain arts that, that I feel weren't really uh, as practical, you know, as, as I thought they were. Um, however, the, the, the honoring, the tradition and where the stuff comes from and, um, you know, those who came before you, that kind of got lost in modern MMA. And, and I think. Oh, it's true. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's true. It has. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a loss of culture, um, in, in historical background and, uh, you know, we just, you know, we just chose the Greeks, but, um, you know, in doing that, we're showcasing that, you know, culture is important and that, you know, history and, and tradition do have a, a place in, uh, you know, in, in combat. Um, and we, you know, we shouldn't lose sight of that. Now that doesn't mean that it's, you know, um, restrict, you know, it's, it's restrictive. We're not allowing it to be restrictive, but we're just, uh, we're just honoring 
um, you know, the cultures, uh, especially the Greek culture that have, that have contributed to, um, you know, martial arts. So that does make it unique. And of course the Spartans were, you know, um, you know, the Greek hoplite was, uh, and especially the Spartans, they were, uh, some of the most fierce warriors of the ancient world. So what a great uh, culture to emulate. Right. But, um, you know, you see where things are going in the industry. Uh, you know, it's funny because Pancrase was popular and then, you know, then something happened within management or the organization or whatever, but people have always kind of still hungered for that. And here it is now coming to the United States. Um, for the first time, and some of the original guys are are, are on board and are bringing that back, um, and that's cool. You know, um, I mean, it's not exact. It's obviously, um, it's I don't see them as competition. I, I don't. Um, but you know, I'm I I, I would definitely watch it and uh, and support it, and I think it's great. But um, you know, we're we're going in a in a bit of a different direction, and. Uh, you know, it's not just going to be palm strikes and uh, there are going to be headbutts. And they're just literally we can literally lay claim to this being the the ultimate uh, combat sport, really. Um, or as I've, I've recently uh, kind of built it as, uh, you know, the god of all combat sports, because it's uh, Pontecrator means ruler. of all. Right. And uh, so we want to we want to be the king of kings. You know, they say it's funny because they call boxing the king of sports. And I've even heard, uh, I, I think there was a time when wrestling was considered the king of sports. But um, I think we can legitimately lay claim that if we get this launched and we become a legitimate sport, um, that, that we can be the king of kings. Well, I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, sometimes it's good, it's good to go to specialists and – and, and and learn from them, you know, like, uh, you know, when I want to f- focus in on my swordsmanship, I go to a, a specialist, you know, a champion. Well, that was G. That was GSP's uh, game plan. Specialist. That's that's how he, yeah, he he would go to, you know, specialists, and 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 it seemed to be, you know, I mean, he wouldn't just only train with, but. He would go to specific individuals that specialized, and uh, and that was a strength for him because um, you know when you do that, you're getting the elite, yes. best training in that so area. So GSP, yeah. he would you know, all right, go to these different specialists. But the beauty of GSP was, okay, now he's putting it all together in a way that it flows, and that's where that Jikundo. Uh, philosophy comes in, you know, because Bruce Lee said he didn't invent anything new, even though it's still to this day, people try to, you know, limit Bruce Lee to a style and stuff like that. But what he was, what he was uh, preaching was uh, just exactly what GSP proved was, was, you know, he's going to go to the specialist, you know, he went to Hayward Nishioka and, and Jesse Glover and, uh, you know, Gene LaBelle, these guys were, were different judokas he trained with. You know, he, he went to uh, uh, the best boxers. He studied, you know what I mean, uh, with the best Wing Chun guy. And uh, his brother was a champion at Bay Fencer. So 
you know, you go to a specialist, but then you got to connect it all together. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, you got to. Well, it's like you said, you know, um, now you being a musician would completely understand. I think that's what is so unique about uh, music because it's made up of these special notes. But you've got to, you know, you've got to combine yep. them in different ways to create a, you know, to create a, a symphony, to create, to create music. And, uh, and that's just simply what you're doing with martial arts. You're taking these elements and bringing them together uh, to create an incredible, um, you know, uh, style uh, of Absolutely. your own. And uh, you're going to see that too. And that's what I love too, because Ponte Creator is not a specific style uh, as much as it is a, you know, it's just a, it's a rule set. It's a, it's a, you know, it's sort of like catch as catch can, because even within catch as catch can, you have different variations, right? right? Um, and and you see that there was guys like uh, Joe Stecker who would, uh, um, he was a, he was a leg rider and a leg attack guy, um, and then of course there were other guys that uh, you know they were more mat wrestling and. Um, or, you know, or, or more had maybe more of a Greco background and they did a lot more throws and, um, but you know, catch was a rule set. And in a way it was sort you know, in a way it, it had different branches of variations, but, uh, and I guess Pontecrator could, you know, could do, could be that, but, uh, it's really a rule set and, you know, you're going to see a lot of different expressions, um, you know, under that rule set, you know, you're going to, and that's, that's, what's cool too. Like we're not necessarily forcing anyone into a box. Um, we're allowing people to express themselves freely um, within the confines of some sensible rules, you know, so that we are protecting uh, fighters. Um, but, you know, we're allowing for a real complete expression uh, that is raw and, um, you know, not tamed not tamed down. I mean, uh, I've said that the, the first, you know, the, the heavy weight of, uh, the heavy weight of Pontecrator, the heavyweight champion of Pontecrator would be the baddest dude on oh, the yeah. planet. Um, yeah, because I mean, he's proved himself in every, in every range in, in totality of unarmed combat. So he will be a bad, uh, bad dude. And then that'll be, you know, anybody in any division in any of our weight divisions that, uh, um, as a champion, will you know they're going to be a friggin' force to be reckoned with. I heard somebody say, "Oh, it was Mike Tyson. He was on." I like Mike Tyson. Don't get me wrong. I like you know the guy. I, he's a, he's a you know he's a he's a fighter. You know I like I like Absolutely. I like him. Uh, but he said something recently. It was like in an interview or something, or it was for you know it could, it could just be to you know uh, to sell. You know what I mean? Because everything is so commercial, but. Um, he's, you know, talking about, he's the baddest man on the planet and blah, blah, blah. And I literally, I mean, this was just days ago. I saw it and I, 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 I think I was in the middle of eating something. I almost spit my food out because it's like, dude, come on, man, you're a boxer. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you've never, you've never fought in MMA. So I can't even give you that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. In a boxing ring, you're a bad right. dude. You know what I mean? You're a bad dude. But James Tony was a bad dude in the boxing. He came over and he got smoked in like, you know, seconds by Randy Couture. I mean, 
You ain't seen Floyd Mayweather come to MMA. It's not no. happening. You know, um, you know, and personally, I don't blame him. Why come over and get beat up when you can retain this undefeated legendary status? You know what I mean? Um, you know, why? I mean, and not only that, but you get paid way more. So, I, so why the hell come over here and get beat up and get paid and for less money? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm reading a book right now called uh, it's called Fencing, Wrestling, and uh, Pugilism. And yeah, I think you showed me the cover of that book or posted it. Maybe it was in Hema Grapplers or something. Yeah, but it's um, that well, was cool, man. Well, I, I bring it up because of what you just said. It, it, it mentions something. Um, very important, and that's that. You know, and 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 in each section, he kind of goes, he kind of gives a, a brief history of each of those three, um, um, you know, schools of uh, uh, branches, if you will, of martial arts. Because if you break it down, that those are the three. Even though there's many different styles, those are the three branches. You're either striking somehow, you're grappling or you're uh, doing some type of weapons. Uh, right. But yep. here's what's interesting. In that book, he talks about how um, prior to the uh, prize fighting rules, that original bare knuckle boxing, that a lot of the best guys won because they had some decent wrestling. And how important the wrestling right. was, the dirty clinch, you know, very similar. I imagine it looked very similar to the dirty clinch stuff we see Randy Couture um, do. And, and even uh, some of the Filipino boxers, you know, uh, they're really big into the dirty, uh, uh, dirty boxing style where clinching, uh, um, you know, either, either you're, you know, uh, controlling the arms manipulating the head different ways, sinking in elbows, uh, sinking in uh, perhaps a headbutt. Um, how important that was in original uh, bare-knuckle boxing. Yeah, you know, it's funny. They call it dirty boxing, but in, in that era, that was common. I mean, it wasn't considered dirty. It was, that was pugilism. Um, and... Muldoon, for example, he trained um, John L. Sullivan uh, in various grappling holds and techniques and clinching um, for, you know, the, the last bare-knuckle uh, fighting championship uh, down there in Richburg, Mississippi, which John L. Sullivan did win. And, um, but, yeah, that back in that era, or at least, you know, before the, the, Queen, uh, the Queensberry rules were um, adopted. Um, yeah, there was clinching, there was elbowing and I'm sure, sure there was definitely headbutts and they wore spikes on their, their shoes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, you would trip a guy and take him down. Um, now you would, didn't have any groundwork, but you know, you could get a guy, but see, that was the finish of a round. That's what a lot of people don't understand around in, in, in traditional pugilism in, um, you know, in bare knuckle boxing, a round was when one knee 
one one fighter's knee went to the right. ground. So if you could get a guy down and, and one of his knees hit the ground, that was a round. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you ba- you essentially won that round. And, um, you know, that's why there was 75 rounds. They went 75 rounds in that fight. And people are like, 75 rounds? How the hell did you have rounds? But, it, but what they don't understand is rounds didn't last as long um, under that rule set. Yeah, because you could um... – Let's say you get some type of uh, uh, standing uh, head clinch and you do a, a, a takedown, you know, um, ju- ju- just from even a, a headlock uh, a, a takedown. Yep. Um, but they would do different stuff, different, you know, half Nelson, you know, striking. Chanceries. And, um, yeah, they were very adept at grappling uh, and, and clinching. And, um, yeah, the, in pugilism as soon as it hit the ground that 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 was around right there and um yeah and see that's why i love what we're doing with pontecrater because there are no rounds there there's no rounds so uh you know and this just simplifies everything it's a fight you've got 15 minutes now the reason i chose 15 minutes was i thought about you know people's attention span um, there was two reasons why I did it. Well, actually, it's more like three, but you know, number one, 15 minutes is plenty long for any fight. Most fights don't last only a few minutes in real life. Right. Um, but you know, now you're talking about two guys with skill, you know, you're not just talking about, um, guys that get, you know, that really aren't all that skilled. And then of course you've got people that get involved. And, um, so most fights don't only last a few minutes. And, you know, these guys aren't trained either, so, you know, they don't have the cardio for it. But when you've got two guys that are elitely trained and uh, and then, of course, then, you know, you're in uh, an arena and you don't have, you know, your buddies getting involved or none of that, um, you know, fights can last longer. So, and they could go the distance. They can do it because they have the training and, you know, and they have the skill set to, to last. Um, but 15 minutes is still... You ask any, you know, anybody that's in combat sports, 15 minutes is, <laughs> you know, ask anybody yeah. in wrestling. You know, three, four, five minutes matches are, like are brutal. Um, yeah, it feels like forever. So 15 minutes is plenty for any fight to go. There, You don't need an overtime. The whole overtime thing is just overrated and it's ridiculous. You don't need an overtime. But, um you know, that, all the overtime is is to try to, to try to get a winner. Um, but you've had 15 minutes to fight. And so my thing is uh, 15 minutes is plenty long enough, plenty long enough for any fight. Uh, and you, know, you also got to think about people's attention span. And you've got to, you know, you've got to honor people's time you know, because that's their life. If, if anything, okay, so yeah. um, and then on top yeah. of that. Well, you know, then, you know, you not only have the time, but you also are trying to get the fights in. You know what I mean? So if you've got a a whole card, you know what I mean? You don't want this to take all night long. So this this allows for you to, uh, you know, respect people's time and attention span. um, And and, and it's it's plenty long enough for any fight. I mean, look at um, how much... Look how long the super fight went between Ken Shamrock and um, uh, Hoist Gracie, the, the first super fight there. 
they were like, well, we just kept letting it go. We didn't know what was going to transpire. But it ended up being at that time. And it still might hold the record I for the longest so. fight in UFC history. Um, yeah, because it's over a half hour. I mean, that was ridiculous. There's no reason for that. Um, but, again, 15 minutes is plenty long enough. And so you got 15 minutes, yeah. no rounds. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. Um, you're going to have to be in incredible shape. You're not going to be able to take breaks and rely on – your corner's you know advice. I mean? um, you know, your game plan. No, nah, yeah, you got your game plan, and uh, that's what it is. And and you got, you know, you've got, uh, and we, and, and plus we've also taken the weight classes, and we've uh, we've really oh, oh, simplified oh, so them. So how many um, how many times is this? For example, okay, how many times have you seen somebody about to beat somebody, like a submission is about to happen, a knockout just. But then you get saved by the bell. Oh, it happens, dude. Dude, it happens so. It happens so often. Um, I got a phone phone call coming in here, but I'm not going to take it. But it happens. It happens more times than people realize. It happens a lot, and it's very frustrating. And so you're like, man, if that if the fight would have just been allowed to go on another uh, minute or two, I mean, you would have likely would have had a winner. Right. Maybe not even that long. You know, and and and. Uh... It's it's also a good amount of time, you know, in that, <clears throat> yes, you're going to have matches where two people are very evenly matched and the preparation of the win might take longer. You know what I mean? Because um, someone's, let's say two guys are evenly matched and it's really about someone making a mistake or, or you to make a mistake so you could capitalize and it, it really gives you enough time. You know, it's not like little breaks, like, oh, okay, wait, you know, let me talk to the, to the corner. Okay, now the, your, your, your coach is telling you, okay, now this guy's trying to plan this. Now go for that. No, it, it really shows what the fighter uh, has, you know, inside of him. You know what I think so funny, too, is you have, um, when you have judges, which we, we're not going to have any judges, um, when you have judges under, you know, a point system and rule set and, um, you know, when you have judges, it, so they're playing, they're, they're playing to the rule set. They're playing to, uh, you know, to try to sway the judges. So, you know, um, and they know, well, okay, I, I, I don't even have to win the first round, but if I win the next, and, and so, you know, you get this mentality that you don't have to perform, you know, but then you can turn it on in the following rounds, you can kind of just, you know, take it easy in the first round. Pontecrator eliminates yeah. all that because none of that matters. What matters is your ability to finish your opponent. You're going to go in there. You got 15 minutes to get the job done, but you don't want to, you know, it's, uh, you, you don't want to play around right. who wants to, you know, take a fight longer than you have to one. And, uh, you know, and so you're going to want to, and then, you know, it's win, lose or draw. Yeah. And really a draw is a is, is a loss to both fighters. That's how a fighter views a draw. They don't like it. Yeah. And that's a yeah, good exactly. thing. You know, you, 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 uh, when you have the rounds, you create a, a, uh, a mentality of, okay, I have to win this round, not necessarily win this fight. Right. Now, like, well, if I win the next two rounds, you know, I, I, I can, I can win. And it's just, it's, it's, it's very unrealistic. 
It's very unrealistic compared to real combat because in real combat, you know, you're thinking, I got to beat the brakes right. off this dude. I got to win at all costs. Um, and that's the mentality that we, you know, we want uh, in Pontecrate. We want you to be out to win the fight. You know, you want to, you, know, you want to finish the fight. However, you need to finish it within, you know, the, you know, within, you know, within reason. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an incredible. And again, you, you don't want to draw on your, on your record. You know, I mean, it's not it's not really a loss, but it but you know, fighters look at a draw. They you know, nobody wants right. a draw. You know, so um, it's kind of it's a, and it's not as bad as a loss, but it's still like a blemish on your record. So um, you know, you're, you you want the win. That's what you're there for. You're there, to, you know, and you're so you go in there and you give it your all, and uh, and you're going to be able to do uh, far more here than you will be able to do in in any other sport. That's um, going to be uh, very, very complete, very total. Uh, I, I'm telling you, man, I, I get stoked when I think about it because it's what I've always, uh, loved, uh, and what's always drawn me. That's why I loved Valley Tudo. I mean, I was never a big fan of the ring, never a big fan of, I've never been a big fan of rings. Um, but I did love Valley Tudo for, that just that wide open brutal mentality. I mean, they, it's, man, they were, they would stomp your head. In and the, about the, the, the original, they didn't have, have rounds either. Right. And Valley Tudo, I'm trying to remember now, as I think back. And Pancration, um, the first round was 10 minutes. Yeah. They had rounds in Pancration. Uh, now in the early UFCs and they didn't have any yeah. rounds at all. Uh, Valley Tudo might have been that way too. Like they didn't have any rounds, but I know Pancration. Yeah, and, and now you're talking about a ten minute right. round. That's crazy. And you know, we it's funny because we get this problem in, uh, in fencing, in Olympic fencing. There's a huge, uh, huge debate right now in that um, in Epe, which was the most realistic of the weapons. Um, it was kind of it, it was kind of like like those rules. You you, you had more of a, a free time to to develop your attack and 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 feel out your opponent. You know what I mean? But you still wanted to you still wanted to to, to win, right? Because um, you had to get to to a certain amount of points to win. So uh, now they they did this thing in that you had to um, you had to get hit within one minute. So basically, it's like adding rounds. So the one, yeah, and see that is uh, again what you have is is you're 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 getting you're getting away from reality. Exactly. You're getting away from what uh, would actually take place in uh, you know in a real combat scenario. Uh, I just don't get it. I don't I don't understand it. But you know people people make decisions. Uh, often that are like it, it tend to make you kind of like tilt your head like what yeah it's, it seems um, like there, there, there's uh there's markets for the the special specialty people the people who want to specialize on certain things but there's no market for guys like us that that want everything and want the truth yeah it's it's funny because um you know there's a ton of us who want it, but you know, it's now it comes down to who's going to be 
who's going to make it happen? Who's going to overcome uh, all these regulations and uh, all the obstacles that stand in uh, of the way of getting back there? Um, and those that do, whoever it is, those who, who uh, involve themselves in that work, I mean, um, the payoff's going to be huge because no doubt in my mind, it's going to be, uh, it's what, it's what combat enthusiasts really truly, uh, want. Exactly. It's what they want. They want, you know, they want a complete expression of combat and, uh, you know, it's my goal to, uh, you know, it's our goal. It's our goal to give them that. So uh, real quick, uh, and then we'll go ahead and, uh, you know, end, end the call, but, um, I just kind of wanted to capitalize on uh, where we are um, in phase one here of uh, this endeavor. And that is, uh, you know, we have 29 donations, dude, 29, 29 donations, almost 30 donations that have led us to $2,000. So, um, and here's the thing with that. There are causes that never get off the ground at all. Like literally I'm talking about, there are causes innumerable that never, never garner more than a few dollars. Exactly. Um, we've done this with less than a hundred people in our group. Uh, and we've done this with an even smaller number uh, than, than, than the people that are in our group. And we've been able to do this during one of the most uncertain times in American history, um, you know, with this whole pandemic and everything that's going Absolutely. on. Um, yeah, we've, I, we have nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, I, I look at it and I say, my goodness, look what we've, you know, I look at the positive. I'm like, look, what, look what we've been able to do. Um, and I don't bombard the group with, you know, the donation links, you know, I put it out there every so often, but for the most part, um, We've done incredible. I mean, we have uh, nothing to be nothing to be ashamed of, and so you know we're uh, we only have a couple more objectives to uh, to accomplish here in phase one, and uh, I I have no doubt we're gonna we're gonna meet our goal. I mean, I I I've come to not doubt it. Um, and then when we move into phase two, which we are going to, uh, we're gonna move into phase two, and uh, and that's where we're going to seek. Uh, you know, to um, get the polygon. And I think, quite frankly, when we get to phase two, that it, the momentum is going to pick up because then people are going to see, okay, they've got the Federation. They, you know, they, they, they delivered. They got the Federation um, established. It's legit. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be less of a doubt. And then when we uh, start, um, you know, asking for uh, contributions to help us get the, the, the polygon, and uh, the championship belts, uh, you know, created, I think people are going to jump on board even more so. Oh, absolutely. Because they're going to say, wait a minute, you guys want to get the fight space built? I mean, that, that, that's real. That's when people are really going to step up and say, this shit's happening. Like, they're actually doing Absolutely. It. When they see it, they, they're going to believe it. Yeah, hey, seeing is believing, brother. So, and then of course, you know, we have uh, our new power partner program, and I just think it's uh, it's it's a concept that uh, is really awesome. I mean, here we are uh, working with select brands that uh, you know we're we're actually creating value for the community, and 
That's the key in business. How can you create value and, uh, you know, bring everything together so it's a win-win for everybody? If you can do that, you're probably going to be around for the long haul. Um, and then, of course, uh, last but not least is the Pontecrate program, which uh, I'm not going to go into detail on it, but basically uh, when we launched that, everybody that has kind of gotten a heads up or is somewhat understanding of, because I've kind of certain individuals that, you know, um, I talk to and that are somewhat closer to me. Um, they're just blown away, dude. They're absolutely blown away by the concept. They're like, man, if you do that, I mean, for example, Billy Warlock, he, when, you know, I kind of gave him just a tidbit of it. He's like, you realize that what you have created is, uh, it's going to, um, it's going to send this thing through the roof. And I was like, well, I mean, we'll see, but I, I think it is really, really good. And everybody that uh, I've explained it to uh, who does know is blown away. I mean, the whole community uh, isn't in the know about it yet, but um, you know, anybody listening to this will probably, you know, say, what the heck's this about? But uh, you know, if they're not familiar, but yeah, it's uh, it's, I think it's going to revolution our donate, revolutionize our donation system. And, uh, and we're going to implement this. My goal is to implement this after Thanksgiving. So, you know, before sometime in the first part of December. So even before the beginning of new, uh, the new year, um, you know, we'll implement this program and I think it's going to be a hit and uh, that's going to generate a lot of uh, interest and uh, it's going to expand our influence. So, you know, just hang in there. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're making moves. Things are happening. Positive things are happening. I mean, we've already got the uh, Pontecrator shorts um, on the verge of being produced and uh, available. And I was telling uh, Billy, I said, you know, there's going to be people who, you know, they're not going to compete in Pontecrator. They, you know, maybe they're past their prime, you know, they're, they're not looking to compete, but they, there's, you know, look like how many people don't compete in MMA, but they still buy, you know, they buy the, the MMA short. They, they're going to want to train oh, yeah. in these. They're going to want to get this. They're going to want to experience this culture, this idea uh, in their own gym, in their own, in their own um, expression. Um, and so, yeah, there'll be people who never plan on competing in Ponte Crater who are going to want these shorts. They're going to want them part of their collection. They're going to want to feel like, you know, they're a part of the culture. Yeah, guys. How many people buy geese that never compete? It happens. People buy geese all the time, uh, you know, that don't compete. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to have them on every time I train. Yeah, I'm going to have me a pair. I'm going to go out in the gym with a pair of them on. You know what I mean? And, and strike the bag and, and uh, you know, and work out in them. Um, you know, because it's representing the culture that we're, uh, that we're, you know, that we're, um, we're developing here. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be people who are going to buy the shorts. I'm telling you, they're going to buy them just as much as like they would oh, yeah. a t-shirt. So yeah, it's, you know, you're going to have a pair. Tim will have a pair. I'll have a pair. Everybody. I mean, I know there's going to be a ton of guys, um, because you know, they're just, they're on board with us and they love what we're doing. And, uh, you know, we put t-shirt, anything we put out there that is associated with Ponte Crater, they will support and buy. People are going to flip out. They're already flipping out over the new shorts. Oh, God, man. I mean, these shorts are, yeah, you're right. People are already flipping over these. Like, 
I haven't had one negative, not one, not one, literally, not one negative comment on these shorts. Everybody's about them. They're like, these are cool. We were just talking, you know, we were thinking about, you know, okay, how should we make these shorts? And we, you know, we, we wanted to honor the Greeks, but we wanted something a little bit more modern as well. So it it was a marriage between the old school and, you know, some of that Lethway Muay style shorts. And it works out great because you can kick in them, you can grapple in them, you know, and, and they look cool as shit. So. Yeah. And you have that gladiator kind of feel to them, that warrior, warrior gladiator feel like the glad, the ancient gladiators had. And even the, uh, now, where those came from were the Greeks, uh, uh, like kilts. Yes. Yeah, so these have that, that it's like a wink towards that. You know what I mean? It has that, that feel to it. Um, and, of course, people see that. that. That is what they see it. I mean, we don't even have to say it, and they see it. Um, so, yeah, they, and these are perfect because we're saying, look, these are, these are the official style. Uh, you know, of, of, of Pontecrator a competition. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, man, we're, we're, what we're putting together, things are just falling into place. And, you know, we're putting, um, you know, we're putting real thought into this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, and we're taking the, the, best the best things that all of us, huh? Yeah, we're just taking the best aspects of, of what we all think are cool and bringing it together into one, uh, under one umbrella. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome, dude. Well, I want to thank you for being on the call, and uh, you know we kind of have covered quite quite a bit of ground, but uh, what a great recording, and I think everybody's really gonna enjoy it. So thanks for being on, and um. You know, I look forward to, you know, everything we're going to accomplish together. Amen, brother. Exciting times. Uh, we have an incredible future and lineup. And um, for all those listening at home, thank you so much uh, for donating, for taking your time. All the support. Yeah, and, man. And, you know, um, <clears throat> even if you can't donate right now, we know people are, are in a you know, tough position in their lives. You know what I mean? But uh, as soon as those shorts come out, you, know, you 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 guys you guys home are gonna want a, a piece of this uh, memorabilia before we do our first event, and uh, well put, brother, well put. So so <laughs> we, you know we, we just want to thank everyone uh, who, who's been there with us, and and you know uh, this too shall pass, and uh, and um, you know we're we're gonna get uh, more donations in the, in the in the future, and 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 it's all gonna come back to the fans. So we, we appreciate everybody at home. Amen. Amen. Well, have a good, have a good one, buddy. And, uh, well, we'll, we'll see you. Well, I'll be talking to you anyway, but, uh, you know, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Amen, brother. God bless.